Glory to God. Amen. I see some excitement right in this, this area, right in here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's good to have, you know, his presence, his spirit, his life on the inside. Otherwise, it's just boring, you know, just like I'm a Christian, yeah. <laughs> you serve the Lord, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, there's got to be something hopping on the inside of us, amen? What did, uh, I think it was Ezekiel said, it's like, or Jeremiah, it's like fire shut up in my bones, I can't help but say good things about the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. We've got this new podium where I can just go one-handed and just go like this. not going to work. <laughs> I need a little more room, a little more room. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for the message today? You've been so patient going through the announcements and everything and all the wonderful music. Now we're going to have a word from the Lord for you. The Lord gave me a beautiful word for you. And I hope it will minister to you, encourage you, strengthen you, and cause you to do great and mighty things in his behalf. He wants you to. You know that? He said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. That's great. Greater than the Lord? That's because all of us are doing our works that he's called us to do. And we put them all together collectively and we'll say, wow, the Christians are really doing great things in the Lord. Amen? So let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for the chance and opportunity to receive your great and precious word that it may minister life to me and cause me to do those things you've called me to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. So this is Thanksgiving month, and this is a month where we give thanks to the Lord. And so the title of this month's series is Be Thankful. All right? Now, King James says, be ye thankful. And then that sounds so, so nice, you know, be ye thankful. Sounds so rich, so poetic, so Shakespearean. Uh, it's be ye. Uh, in the English, it's just you be thankful, okay? You, I know that's not a word, okay? I got my, <laughs> my critics over here. <laughs> yeah, that's not really actually a word. <laughs> There's a little, there's a poetic license, you know, as a pastor, you can kind of stretch things and make a word come to pass, but be ye thankful. You know, many places in the Bible where God has asked us and called us to be thankful because we're his children and he is the father, and a lot of times we have to learn how to be thankful. You know how you have to teach your kids? Now say thank you. Okay, yeah, thank you, you know. Some people say, well, I, I said thank you in my heart. No, that doesn't, doesn't count, does it? If you get a Christmas gift and you open it up and you like it and you ask the, per the person asks you, did you like that? Yes, I'm saying thank you in my heart. <laughs> so like, what are, you what are you doing? Now, I don't mind somebody that is like overboard thankful. Do you mind it? I, I don't mind when people say... Thank you, Pastor. That was so nice. I appreciate it. I, w I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't do that, done that for me. And then a, a few minutes later, I really do appreciate what you did. Go ahead. Lavish it on me. I don't mind. And God doesn't mind us lavishing thanks upon him. Isn't that right? Yes. You, 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 he never gets tired of hearing thank you from you. Praise God. And, and so I always say that the degree to which you need him to work in your life is the degree to which you thank him in, right? If he does a great thing and heals you or if he provides finances for you, you just don't go, thank you very much, appreciate it. Now move on. No, 
as much time as you spent weeks and months praying and asking for God to help you, then spend at least that much time thanking him. Man, you were great. You did such great work, Lord. Oh, you were so fantastic. I like the way you moved. You know, when I pray for people and they get healed, I, I, I talk to them. I say, you were great. Oh, you did wonderful. I like the way you healed them, the way you touched their body. It's amazing. Amen. We're, we're ambassadors. We're workmen with him. Amen. It's not just us doing it. It's him doing it through us. So there's a story in Luke 17. Let's read it, because Jesus wants to teach these people and us the same thing. He says, and one of them, what happened was there was 10 lepers. Say 10 lepers. Ten lepers. Do we have any lepers in here? No. How would you like to be a leper? Not a good thing, is it? No. Where your body, your flesh falls off your body. There was 10 lepers, and they cried out, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus saw them and he said, go to the priests and show yourselves and you will be healed. And they said, well, we can't go because we have leprosy. We can't tell the priest we're clean. He said, just go. So they went, and as they were going, uh, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, how many of them? One of them. When he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. It's okay to be loud with God. He, he, he doesn't mind that. He doesn't say, shh, calm down, calm down. Now remember, this is in the streets. And this guy's crying out with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Now, that's going a little overboard, isn't it? That's a little over the top. I mean, people are going like, man, do you have to do that? Do you have to make a scene here? <laughs> How many people tell you that at church? Yeah. Do you have to get so excited? What are you so excited about? Well, we're excited about what the Lord has done for us. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So he doesn't mind, Jesus didn't mind the person get excited, but here's what he was amazed at. Uh, he said, uh, were there not ten cleansed? Right? Now, did Jesus know there were ten cleansed? Of course he did. He said, but where are the nine? But they're not, uh, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to them, arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Now that question, we're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? You know what that question, that wasn't for that guy. What, you know what that question was for? Us. Us. Did I not help you? Where is your thanks? Are you one of the nine that doesn't give thanks, or are you the one that comes back and just lavishes his praise and glory and honor to the king? Praise God. Think about that. So he knows the answer, but he wants us to to get, for us to know that we're supposed to give thanks. And so King David wrote in Psalms 103, we're going to look at it in a minute, he's going to give us six reasons to thank God. So let's read that right now. It says, ready? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, next slide says, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And in that, you like that, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go back to that uh, first verse there in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, Oh, my soul. He just starts off with, bless the Lord. It's not an option. 
It's not like if I want to, if I feel like it. This is a command that God wants us to bless him and praise him. You know, one of the famous psalms that we have is in Psalms 100. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Don't be coming all, you know, down in the mouth and, oh, I don't know, Lord, you know, have you been working in my life? I don't know what's going Come into his courts <laughs> with praise and his gates with thanksgiving. In Psalms 34, David said this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He said, I make a determination. My will, I will praise the Lord. And that's what David is saying right here. He's talking to himself. He's saying, oh soul, <laughs> bless the Lord. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. What are you doing? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. What's that mean? All your emotions, all your strength, all your life, all your hurts, all your pains, everything that you have, all your strength. I bless you, Lord, with everything that I have. Bless your holy name. And then he goes and says it again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, verse 2, right? He's saying it over, it's okay to repeat yourself. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. So what caused David to say what he said? And that's what we're going to focus on today. And the reason why you may not be praising or blessing God is because you forgot his benefits. Amen. So we're going to go through them because it's unnatural sometimes to bless the Lord. We like to do what's in Psalms 102, moan and complain, gripe, cry, be angry. Lord, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you coming through? But God said we're supposed to bless his holy name. So he's encouraging himself. So let's look at this. Uh, Now, he said, I don't need to to, uh, get a band to, to bless the Lord. I don't need for Marlene and the group to come to my house to bless the Lord. I can do it at home. I can, I can praise the Lord without music, without song, because the Holy Spirit will rise up on the inside of me and give thanks to the Lord. Did you know that? Amen. If not, you can manufacture it yourself. The Holy Spirit will help you do those things. So we don't need somebody to stir us up. Because if we only thank God for things that we get, the things that we get, we're limited. If we're only happy because we got the car, the house, or the clothes, that's not going to last very long. The car is going to break down, the house is going to burn down, and the clothes are going to wear out. So what good is that? So David made it easy for us to get excited about blessing the Lord. You ready for these six things? Let's go. And he gives you pictures so that you can understand it. So let's see here. The first benefit is the courtroom. You go to the courtroom and he forgives all your iniquities. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? He forgives all, how many? All your iniquities. Now, when you go to the courtroom, you may as well give it up, okay? You did it. You're guilty. Turn yourself in. He's got the rap sheet on you. You lied. You cheated. You talked bad about your neighbor. Come on, you did bad things. Turn yourself in. You're, you're, you're guilty. Is that right? I, I, I've, seen, I've been in court, and I've seen the most outlandish excuses that people give. One time I was there and the guy was in for, for uh, drunk driving and he said, well, you know, your honor, here's the thing. <laughs> my, 
my sister was supposed to take me home, but she left with her friend, and I had to get home and uh, cover for the babysitter before he left, and that's why I had to drink while I was driving. Guilty. (laughs) Right? But the good thing is with the Lord, you don't have to come up with an excuse. You're already forgiven. He already says you are forgiven. Next case, right? And, and, and he said, I'll throw your sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Isn't that good news? Never to be remembered anymore. I like that, but some people like to go fishing and go find that sin and bring it back up and say, oh, you know what? I'm just, I hope the Lord's forgotten. Leave it there. You know, if you threw away in the trash, you don't go back to the trash and look and see where it's at, right? You go back there, you see the old coffee grinds that you had, the old chicken bones and all this stuff. Ooh, that was ugly. (laughs) So the sin that you had done before, let it go. Leave it in the trash. It's gone. Another excuse, this this is classic. I was helping this lady. She wanted me to be there as moral support in a court case. And so she was the last one on the docket, if you can believe that. So I listened to all the cases. And the judge, he was hard on everybody. You know, penalties, jail time, you know, all the things that, you know, the judge could give. And I said, oh, this girl's in trouble. So when it came, just before her, this guy stands up. And he tells, uh, the judge says, well, you're guilty. How do you plead? And he said, not guilty. Okay, you have to come back next week for a case. And he, he stands up. And he goes, Your Honor, may I speak? I'm going, oh, oh look out. <laughs> but there was a hush in the courtroom. And he starts to speak. And he said, Your Honor, I can't, because oh, they, they said, uh, you have to, it seems like you've been running a lot. You've been running from court cases, so you're going to have to stay in jail to next week because we don't trust you to be here. And he stands up and says, Your Honor, please, uh, I just got a job at the nursery down the street. I've been turning my life around. I've been doing good. And if I go into jail, and I, I'll lose my job, and I'll go back to square one. And he had such conviction. Oh, my gosh, he had the whole courtroom spellbound listening to him. And all of us in the, in the courtroom were saying, Boy, if this judge doesn't give this guy a chance, there's no justice in America. How can anybody refuse? I mean, it, it, it had an anointing. I mean, it was just so, you know, you could hear a pin drop. It was just so precious. And so the judge thought for a minute. He goes, okay, I, I'm going to trust you, but you better be here next week. Oh, Your Honor, I promise you, I'll be here. You can count on me. Oh, that's so wonderful. So at the end of the court date, uh, I go outside, and I see him on the sidewalk, and he's catching a bus. And I go, that was a really heart-wrenching story you told. I tell you, that really touched my heart. I go, where are you going? He goes, I'm catching this bus. I'm going to Tennessee. I go, what? you got to be kidding me. What was that story? You go, I made all that up. I said, you, I'd, I can't believe that. But you don't have to make up a story with the Lord. You can just come clean. I'm guilty. Amen? So first you go, let's see. Let's see the courtroom. There you are. You ever been in a courtroom? It's, it's kind of a scary situation. But we got good news. Your father's the judge, and Jesus is your attorney. And he says if the price has been paid, your sins are forgiven. Now, my lawyer's son on the front row will tell you 
Sometimes you have to pay the consequences, <laughs> you know, but that's the earthly court. But the heavenly court, you're free. Amen. So let's move. We're going to move from the courtroom to the hospital room. Second benefit. He heals all your diseases. Isn't that good news? Not some of them. You say, well, pastor, I just got this rare disease. It's one out of 10 million people got it and I got it. That's okay. It's covered. You're healed. You're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Now, he heals all of our physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological problems by his stripes. We are healed. That's the confidence that we have. No matter what we have, the word of God is powerful enough to heal you of all your diseases. By his stripes, we were healed when? 2,000 years ago. So this is the confidence that we have to have. Now, that's physical healing, but there is an emotional healing, a, a spiritual healing that you have to have. It's called a dis-ease, right? Dis-ease. Uh, and that's why we go to the hospital room, to get healed. Is that right? You don't go to the hospital if you're, if you're well. What are you doing here? I, I'm just visiting. No. If you want a bed, if you want a room, you've got to be sick. But a hospital is where sick people go that are broken or bent, hurt people, people that are bruised. So stop. So this is the hospital room right here. This is the church that you can rejoice in, that God will come as we come in. He'll heal us. Not everybody is where we're supposed to be. Is that right? Some people have wounds, deep wounds. Some people have things that just are not working for them. So we come to the hospital. So don't think that you're going to come to church and everybody's completely and totally healed. Did you know that? <laughs> The person next to you may not be, you know, 100% yet. In the spiritual realm, it's like MASH. We got IVs, we've got people on stretchers, we got people that are bleeding, right? Some people just hobble to get in here, just to make it in, just to hear a refreshing word. But God said, I have healed you. If you spend time with him and in the word, he'll, he'll come into your body. The Bible says that the word of God is like medicine to all of our flesh. Praise the Lord. So don't be surprised if people that are around you don't act exactly the way they're supposed to. I thought you were a Christian. But yeah, but I'm still working things out. I'm not all the way healed. I got, a little, I got some flinches. I got some, you know, reactions in me. You know, you get upset. You get angry, you know. You lie. You borrow money. You don't pay it back. What? what? I thought you were a Christian. Yeah, I know. God is working on me. Be patient with me. And that's how you learn to see if you're maturing and growing in the Lord, whether you can, you know, cohabitate with these guys, so-called Christians, that God's still working on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the feedback for you all. Okay, so we, <laughs> so we went to the, the courtroom, found out we were not guilty. We went to the hospital room. We found out that we're healed. Now we're going to go to the what? The jail room. Let's see. The jail room. Oh, let's go back. Let's see the picture of the guy getting out of the hospital. There he is. All right. There's nothing better than going into the hospital than getting out. Amen? God gave me the victory. Okay. So we're out of the hospital room, and now we're going to go to the jail room. And the jail room is where God redeems your life from destruction. Isn't that good news? Redeem, what does redeem mean? It means to buy back. You know, originally when David was writing this, the slaves, uh, you had to buy them back 
to make him part of you and not a slave anymore. So he has redeemed us from destruction. Have you ever been in a disastrous situation where God has redeemed you and, and, and brought you out of it? The Bible says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my afflictions. So redeem means to, to bring back. So it, it, it has this present meaning for this present time in being redeemed from destructive forces, but also redeemed from the life afterwards where, where there's eternal punishment for those that don't accept the Lord. We've been redeemed. Hallelujah. If that doesn't make you want to run around the building and shout, I don't know what is. Okay, all your sins are forgiven, thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Glory to God. Amen? Amen. If you got any sins, it's good that you don't have to have them anymore. So he redeems your life from destruction. And so the jail room, I was make, making mention of this guy right here, Nelson Mandel, Mandela. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He was president of South Africa for five years, and he tried to uh, separate um, the blacks and the whites, the, I guess the, the, the whites were having white supremacy and not letting the blacks be represented in government. He said, that's not right. And you know what they did to him? Threw him in jail for 27 years. That's a long time, 27 years. And finally, the Lord redeemed him and he got out. Praise the Lord. Then he served 23 years in uh, politics after that. And they asked him, uh, you've been gone a long time. He says, yeah, I was on a long holiday, <laughs> 27 years. And here, okay, here he is rejoicing, getting out. God redeemed him, brought him out. Praise the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. So whatever you're going through, and a lot of us, we're in jail. We're locked up by our own habits, our own ways. We're stuck. We can't get out of them. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. God has translated us into the kingdom of light and brought us out of the kingdom of darkness. You know those old habits that you just can't get rid of? You can have the victory if you put the word of God on the inside of you and you praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. So we went to the, the, um, the courtroom. We went to the uh, hospital room. We're out of the jail room. We're going to go now to the throne room. Glory to God. Amen? Now, the Bible says he does what? He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's good news, isn't it? Yes. And, and let's see the picture. It, it's an imaginary picture, but he crowns you. Let's go back to the scripture. With loving kindness. and What does that mean? That means his grace is around you. His promise is anointing. His favor is with you wherever you go. You don't leave it at home. You take it with you. I won't leave home without it. Amen? But no matter what you do, where you go, what you say, what you do, he's with you. He's guiding, and, and his grace is causing you to do those things that he wants you to do. I, I think this is good news. Don't you think it's good news? Yeah. It's the blessings of the everlasting covenant, the sure mercies of David, all the spiritual blessings with which the saints are blessed in Christ for the grace that he's given to us. And his mercy keeps us forevermore. All the things that pertain to life and godliness we have. He crowns you. You may not see it in the natural, but in the spiritual realm, it's all around you. And people can recognize it when you go about. I can tell when I go into the store, I go, oh, you're a Christian, honey. Huh? How can you tell? I say, I just see the crown. I just see the glory. I just see your presence, the Lord's presence. Now, they could be nice, but that's maybe just humanitarian nice, but there's a deep down 
uh, spiritual presence that you can tell it is definitely the Lord. So he crowns us in the throne room, and now we're going to go to one more place, two more places, the banquet room. How many of you want to go to the banquet room? Amen. And the banquet room, he says, he satisfies your mouth with good things. If you don't like what's happening in your life, guess what? Change what you're saying. <laughs> he satisfies your mouth with good things. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. So I want to eat from the banquet table, don't you? The good things that I say. Let's see the banquet table. Ah, that looks good to me. Amen? Welcome, Pastor Chuck. Here's your seat right here at the banquet table. Don't you want to eat at the banquet table? Yes. That, that's all the good things that you said. I'm blessed of the Lord. I, I'm above only and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. God is with me whatever I do. His favor is with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm long-suffering. I'm patient. I'm kind. I take no account of the evil done to it. I pay no attention to it except for, oh, yeah, I'm just walking in his victory, walking in his goodness. Praise God. Hallelujah. How, what you so happy about? I'm just eating at the banquet table of the Most High. Now, some people who have bad thoughts and bad words eat from this table, this next table. There you go. Who, who wants to eat there? Now, I got a friend. <laughs> Lord, help me with this. I got a friend I play basketball with. And, and, and he wants to, to speak damnation to everything, okay? That damn ball and that damn this. And I call him over and I said, brother, can I give you some pastoral advice? You're blowing up your whole world here. <laughs> you're damning it. You're bringing fire everywhere. You want to eat from that table? Or do you want to eat from the table of saying good things? Saying good things over your children, over your spouse, over your job, everything, everywhere you go. You have, you're going to eat from what you say. God has given you everything you need and stuff even that you haven't asked for. What does it say? He gives exceeding you, gives you exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He's laid out the ba banquet table for you. Now, for instance, let's bring a, a, a little metaphor. When you go to a restaurant, right, you go there and you ask for a menu. And they give you a menu and you look at what's, what they have to offer. And it all looks good, right? You say, oh, oh, this looks good, that looks good. And you read it all, but you're not satisfied. Why? You didn't come to read. <laughs> you came to eat, right? So then they have a waiter come, and he'll tell you all how they prepared it, how they sliced it and diced it and mixed it and put spices in there, where it came from, and he'll tell you everything upside and down, and then he'll give you a personal testimony. Oh, I like this dish right here. This is, this is my favorite. You go, okay, but guess what? You're still not satisfied. Why? You didn't come to read. You didn't come to hear a pep talk. You didn't come to hear preaching. You didn't come here to hear, hear a testimony. You wanted to what? Taste and see that the Lord is good. So when you look at the promises of God and you read them all and they go, oh, that's good. I would like to have all my needs met. Oh, I'd like to have my body healed and everything. And, and I'll get up here and I'll preach about it. Oh, yeah, the Lord will heal you. He wants to heal you. Praise the Lord. Lady, give a testimony. I was sick in, in, uh, in, in the hospital. God healed me. That's all well and good. But guess what? You got to eat it. You got to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you do that, 
you, it can't be taken away from you. Praise God. You'll know that he's real. You've experienced him for yourself. Then you'll have no problem in blessing the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. And so the last room is, it's not really a room. It's a nest because eagles, they don't live in a room, right? It's an eagle's nest. And so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And I found this very interesting because in studying this, people tell you, oh, the eagle's beak falls off and the feathers fall off and they have to wait for them to grow to get new beaks and feathers. That's not true. Because how would they eat? How would they survive without a beak and feathers? But what happens is inside their bodies, there is another uh, set of wings that come out as, you mat- as they mature, as they grow, as they develop those wings come out, and you're able to soar and move, let's see, soar and move throughout the heights and be able to look down at situations and know, r- rise above the, the, the land and not be taken in by people that are uh, upsetting us, not taken by situations that try to beset us. We, we can fly like an eagle, amen? So if you're a Christian, and maybe you got to a point where you're in a blockage point. You say, I need for some more wings. I need for some more ammunition, more word to come out of me so that I can rise above the situation and fly like an eagle. Amen? Praise the Lord. So God is t- telling us that we have six things to, six reasons to rejoice. Are you ready? It's the what? Courtroom. We're forgiven, right? The hospital room. We're healed. The jail room, we've been redeemed. The throne room, he gives us crown of, thro- of, uh, of, uh, of uh, crown, right? <laughs> uh, the banquet room, we're able to eat from, satisfies our mouth, able to eat at the banquet table. That's good news. And the eagle's nest, we're renewed like the eagle. Amen? So let's just let that set for a minute. We're going to have uh, Marlene come and sing us that song. At Psalms 103, David put it to music, and he wanted it to be sung. We take those words, and we sing it in our way, in our musical instruments. I don't think they had a piano in those days, right? I don't think so. It's a new invention. So let's sing with, with Marlene, or just let it minister to you, and then we're going to take communion. Communion.